Hi, my name is Ali Sternberg. You're listening to Crossing Paths, a podcast coming to you from Madrid, Spain, which is where my wife, our mini poodle, and I just moved to in February from New York City. We're here because my wife is attending culinary school, and this move to Spain is an opportunity for me to do something that I really enjoy, which is meeting other people from all walks of life who are also living away from home, away from their cultures, away from their norms, similar to the way that my wife did when she moved from Chile to New York, how I did when I moved to Chile in 2012 and ended up meeting her, and the way we're both now adapting and living in Madrid. A little bit more about me, for those of you wondering, I'm gonna parcel out some new information each episode. Uh, I am originally from New York City. I also am an Australian citizen. I lived in Sydney for a few years when I was a kid. And I also go back every so often to see grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, etc. Uh, and I was also here in Spain to study abroad in Granada 10 years ago, which is still a little crazy for me to believe. In this episode, I talked to, I crossed paths with Daniela Furtado, who is from Canada and actually found her way to Spain via study abroad experience in China. We talk about international relationships, moving to a new country for your partner, and also how to develop your own identity in a city that your partner is from. We also talk about her professional goals in digital marketing and why stinky tofu is particularly important to her. I hope you enjoy. From what we talked about last time, I was thinking about this on my way here. I was like, what do I really know about Daniela? I was like, she's from Canada, mm-hmm. Toronto. Your parents are from Portugal. Right. And you moved here three years ago? Mm-hmm. Cool. Because I thought, I was like, it could be three, it could be five. And you just finished a master's degree. I did, yeah, in yeah. digital marketing. Nice. When you moved here, were you coming from Toronto? Or were there other stops so I no, I did come from Canada, but Canada. the story of how I ended up in Spain started in China. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> just as it usually does in yeah. China. <laughs> so when I was twenty, I moved out for the first time. Okay. Uh, I wanted to get away. I was having family problems, and I thought, screw this. Yeah. I'm sick of this country. Yeah. Get me the hell out of here. And so when I had the opportunity to study abroad on a scholarship to go to China, I took it. I remember when I told my friends and family, they were like, what? China? Are you crazy? It's so far. You don't know anyone there. And was I, there something that drew you to China specifically? Um, I just wanted to be as far away <laughs> as possible. So at, the, at that time, my options were India or China. At the time, India had a lot of bad press for... Um, there was like a lot of violence towards women and, and mm. a lot of cases of rape, which personally, I don't know, I guess I didn't think it would happen to me. So I thought, I don't really care, but I knew my family would be really worried. So yeah. I thought China sounds like a good option. And no, I, I never, to be honest, I never was really interested in Chinese culture. I didn't even know yeah. about it too much. Like I didn't have any friends that had Chinese parents. I had like friends that have Vietnamese parents, but I was really blind to it You're all. just like, I'm gonna take this big leap and oh. go as far away as I possibly can and it, just and see what happens? Exactly, How yeah. old were you? I was either, I was between 19 or 20. Yeah, so I did that. I took a gap year. Okay. And I studied just Chinese language for a year. Huh. And that was, I think everyone at some point in their life, they have, they have like a year of yes. That was my year of just <laughs> saying yes, yes, yes yeah. to everything. And so there was a guy that I thought was really cool. And I thought, I want to meet this guy. Yeah. End up being a Spanish guy, which as you can yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm connecting some dots yeah. here. <laughs> That's how I ended up here in Spain. Oh my God. So you were there in China for one year. I was there for about a year and a half. I extended it. 
I see. I it was only supposed to be six months, and then I extended to a year, and then a year and, and a half. Uh, where in China were you? It was in a small town yeah. of three million people wow. called Zhenjiang. It's close to Nanjing. Okay. Anyone that speaks Chinese is going to hear that and be like, oh, her tones are awful. Yes, I hear it. I go, oh, that's probably completely accurate. <laughs> She's fluent now. Did you, how, how was the experience learning the language? How do you feel now? It was incredible. So, um, so being from Canada, we grow up learning English and French. Right. And I was going to maybe guess that you're, you spoke Portuguese at home? Or? Yeah. So I spoke Portuguese at home, but I never studied the language formally. I never really took classes. Um, and French, I just... I was never able to learn French. So I, I thought that I wasn't good at languages. I thought, yeah. you know, my Portuguese is okay, but the grammar is, you know, I can't conjugate verbs properly. My, my family always makes fun of me. I can't pick up French. So I was... I don't know why I signed up like, for, to <laughs> yeah. learn Chinese, to be honest. It was just an opportunity. I thought, oh, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to leave. Yeah. And I end up loving it. I end up um, falling in love with the process of learning languages. Learning Chinese is so different. There is not so much grammar compared to Roman-based languages. Uh -huh. It's just about pronunciation and learning as much vocabulary as possible. And the tones, right? And the tones, yeah, the pronunciation. Yeah, pronunciation. But, um, but the Chinese are so happy and, and encouraging like whenever you say ni hao like, yeah. they're like wow your Chinese yeah. is so good and you're like oh my gosh like, thanks I did it I did it I speak Chinese now <laughs> um, but do you like after that time there if you start up a conversation in Chinese with someone you're conversational you feel well I've lost I've lost a lot I, I probably am back to complete beginner now but when I left China I had um Like the, there are six levels in Chinese, six being the number the six being the best yeah. and one being the lowest. I had a, a HSK four, so it was like a B2. Okay, so you're like high intermediate. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, For yeah. Ch like Chinese is one of the hardest languages that yeah. exist. So. Well, it's a lot easier when you're living there. Yeah, sure. And you're being surrounded with the language all the time and... I was taking intensive classes. Right. You were really focusing on it. It wasn't yeah. just kind of like you were there and, and just picked it up. I mean, like it was all a lot of variables coming together. Exactly. But that, no, that's, that's really awesome. And so you met this uh, Spanish guy yeah. in the town that you were living in. Yeah. So we were living in the same dormitory uh -huh. and, um, We, I had seen him in passing a few times because we're in the same dormitory. Where there are only so many foreigners sure. in, this, in this town of three million people. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> this little pueblo, this yeah. village. <laughs> and um, so I had heard of him. I heard that he was Spanish and that he was really weird. And that, <laughs> and I thought that's my type. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. And. Um, So at that time, I had like a, a friend hit list. When I met someone I thought was really, really cool, kind of like what you're doing. When you meet uh -huh. someone you, that's really cool, you're like, I have to talk to, I person. Talk to this person. Yeah. I have to get to know them. So that's what I was doing at that, that age. And I still kind of do that, but not to the same extent. And uh, he was on the top of my list. And he was so difficult to, to find because he was a hermit. He always stayed in his dormitory. <laughs> And I remember one time the school organized a lot of um, like award ceremonies and talent shows and that sort of those sort of things. And I remember one day I walked into the auditorium for one of these ceremonies. Everyone was like with their friends. They're like in cliques and they're in groups. And Pepe, that's his name. He yeah. 
he was by himself and there were like hundreds of chairs around him and so you could tell like this is a guy that wants right. to be by himself yeah and i was just you went right i went, went for it i sat right next to him like hey yeah. i'm daniela what's your name and he slowly turns around and he goes hi and then looks forward again just his whole body language is saying don't talk to me right but, Didn't um, even say his name. He's just like, hi. Yeah, I had to push. Yeah. So that was that was our relationship in the beginning. Eventually, after doing that, uh, every time I saw him... Just a lot of highs. Yeah. He, <laughs> he gave up, I guess, and our first date was over bubble tea. Nice. Yeah, and that was really cool. We talked a lot about philosophy and religion and, and just our opinions about everything, politics and all that. And, and yeah, it was a really cool relationship. I did, never thought we would last this long. How, long, how, many, how many years has it been? Five now? years. Five years. Yeah. Wow. I, I love that. You were very persistent. You were like, this seems like a really interesting person. I just have to like crack the code a little bit. And I think that's honestly something that I've experienced here in Spain with just generally Spaniards. Maybe they're not as uh, hermit as, as, as Pepe is or was. Yeah. But... Like, the surface is very kind of, like, hard. Like, I don't really, like, don't really want to talk to you necessarily. And then once you strike up a conversation, then you're best friends forever. Um, I think that's more true for people in Madrid than okay. outside. Meeting people from the Canary Islands or from Andalusia, it's super easy. Uh, they're more friendly. Or people that are just not from Madrid, right? They're, like, in the same position as us where they're trying to make friends because they don't have their friends here. Right. Um, but yeah, thing, maybe. I think so. Also, uh, I mean, also people from big cities, mm. right? If you're from a big city, you already have your life kind of yeah. set up, right? You have your friends, you have your family, everyone's here. Why, why make new friends? Yeah, yeah that's true. Is uh, Pepe from Madrid originally? Mm-hmm. So when you guys met in China, you stayed for a year and a half and then did you, you came to Spain? So I went back to Canada and we were doing like long distance kind mm. of just figuring it out figuring out what the next steps are I mean I think anyone that's been in an international relationship understands that in the beginning there's a lot of uncertainty right yes. yeah yes. it's like uh, I don't know I mean that's like your attitude towards everything you're like I don't know yeah, right. I don't know what we're going to be doing in two months from now I don't know what yeah. we're going to do a year from now like I just know that on Thursday we're going to Skype and we'll yeah. see what happens yeah, yeah exactly so that was that was us for about a year and then uh, we talked about, eventually we had the conversation like, what's next, right? I'm yeah. finishing up school, so are you. How, are we going to make this work or what? So we talked about different options. We talked about going to China or, or him going to Canada. And because ha- I'm also a Portuguese, right. I have Portuguese nationality, it just seemed easier to, to come to Spain. And that was a yeah. huge, was huge. Like I never saw myself as someone that would move for a relationship like I didn't think yeah I was going make... to mention that you said that to me the last time we talked you are like yeah. you are like I don't know how I feel about being someone who yeah who moves for, for somebody else yeah it was um, I think there was a lot of guilt that came with it I always thought of myself as like a strong independent yeah. woman yeah I don't need a man yeah, yeah, yeah. and next thing I'm like moving continents for this guy specifically for a man <laughs> yeah yeah and even sometimes when I introduce myself and people are like oh why are you here in the beginning I hated saying that I hated yeah. saying Oh, I moved here for my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was... I mean, it was for me. I, I Right, it was, it, was, it was for... Right, it was for him, but it was for you because it's for both of you. Exactly. But, like, no one's going to listen to that whole yeah, story yeah. necessarily. And I, I don't know if... 
now I think less about it, right? But when you're like 19, 20, 22, I was 22 when I moved here, you think a lot about what people think of you. And I was afraid that I was, um, people were going to be like, oh, this is a chick that can't stand up for herself or I don't know. I, I guess I thought, I thought a lot about what people thought of me, right? And what that, what saying that I moved here for my, my boyfriend, what message did that send out? Yeah, absolutely. I, t- I totally, I totally hear you on that. Do you feel that way? Cause so you moved here for your partner as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, she's not Spanish, but you moved here for your partner. Did you ever feel kind of like shame or guilt or, uh, I don't, I didn't feel shame or guilt, but people ask what you're doing here. My first statement is like, well, my wife's going to culinary school. I'm like, right. I'm really excited to be there. Like, cool, cool, cool. What are you doing? <laughs> like, well, my wife is here for culinary. Like, I'm so excited. I'm for her, her cheerleader. Uh, yeah. Like I identify with what she's doing a lot. Right. Uh, and then people are like, oh, and I go, yeah, I mean, I'm going to do, I'm doing my, my own thing, but like, this is the reason we're here and I'm super excited for her. Yeah. Uh, so, but I hear you in terms of like the identity, it's, it's super new where you're going with, well, this is the reason I'm here. What is, what is my identity? How do I feel about other people thinking whatever they're going to think about me? Exactly. Yeah. And I think what you said about creating your own identity here, right? I, my partner is from Madrid and so he already knows the place he feels comfortable navigating but I didn't so I was very clear with him from the beginning like I want some time I want like one or two days of the week where I can just go out and do my own thing like Uh I can discover the city on my own um I don't want you showing me around because you know like when you're traveling right and you go with a tour company and they take you around everywhere and in the end when you when you come back home people are like oh where did you go and you're like actually I don't really know where I went because I never looked at a map right you're just being led around exactly I ended up here I ended up there but I don't know how we got there right so I didn't want that for myself I wanted to go out and get to know the city make my own friends uh figure out like how I went to China, right? I went by myself and it was a big adventure. I wanted Madrid to be a big adventure for me as well. I wanted there to be an element of surprise and adventure. And so, and he understood that and, yeah. and he gave me my space to, that's great to, to do that. And I think that's important. You have to make the city your own. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're always going to feel like you're piggybacking off your partner. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, I think so too. And I think when my wife, when my wife moved to New York, right. It was, it's, uh, where all my friends are and all right. my family is and, right we were like, we're going to do this together, which is something that you've never done here, even though you're from New York. Right. Uh, and so in, while we're in a, in a place that's very comfortable for me, we're doing something new. And here in Madrid, it's kind of the opposite. She's so, so busy in culinary school and she's meeting people from all over the world. And mm-hmm. I'm one that's kind of like, I have to figure out Madrid yeah. uh, for me. What's your relationship like? What, what was it like kind of moving to a place where his family is from? Uh, and what's, do you see his family a lot? Is it one of those... Um, relationships where you go to dinner every week or um i used to see them more i actually used to live with them so the okay. first six months quite a bit, yeah. yeah yeah i got to know them really quickly they were very very welcoming and oh, nice. very open i'm so grateful for that because um i think that that's when i really needed it i really needed it as a support system yeah and um so yeah so they they welcomed me with open arms they hosted me for about six months until i got my shit together. Yeah. Can I swear? Yes, where away. <laughs> Until I got my life together. Uh, until I got a job and I was able to find my own place. And uh, and so now they live outside of Madrid. So okay. I don't see them as often. Uh, we'll be, we're actually in the transition of moving. So we'll be closer okay. to them. Um, but no, it's, a, it's, it's interesting. Um, 
it's an interesting dynamic because they're very different from my own parents. Uh-huh. So my parents being immigrants, they were always just provided for us, but they never taught us anything about economics or uh-huh. art or yeah. you know, those were things I had to figure out on my own. Like I had to take interest on it on my own. And my parents, they don't really know much about that because my, my mom, she was pulled out of school when she was nine and my dad when he was 12 oh, wow. so that they can work on the family farm. So huh. the dynamics are very, very different. Yeah. And, and uh, with my partner's parents, they're very educated. Uh-huh. They're very, very educated. So it's a different dynamic. It's interesting. It's something I've never had before and, and I'm grateful for it. What are you doing now here in Spain now that you finish your master's degree? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with my no, life. Yeah, what are, can I tell me what, tell me what your, where your life is going? So I just graduated from this master's and right now I'm just doing, I'm finishing up a freelance contract uh-huh. and helping. I've been doing a lot of networking to kill time. And so I meet people. They're like, whoa, you do digital marketing? Can yeah. you help me? And so like this morning I was helping someone with a Google Ads campaign. So that's sort of like stuff gotcha. here and there. But this summer I'll be traveling, and then in September I'll be looking for a full-time job. Nice. Wink, wink. Yeah, so if anyone, anyone out is there. out there <laughs> yeah. uh, in digital marketing. So my my thing is um, making websites, SEO, analytics, all the tech stuff, yeah. and and ad, online advertising. So. And you also uh, you host some like conversations. Ah, yeah. yeah. So I have this project called Stinky Tofu Food Talks. That's yeah. like the long name, but Stinky Tofu is fine. And it's kind of... Stinky or sticky? Stinky. Stinky, gotcha. Yeah, so Stinky Tofu is a fermented tofu from China. It's uh-huh. like a typical street food. And it's a dish that you either love or hate. And <laughs> it's kind of like pineapple and pizza here. Uh-huh. Where people are like, absolutely no or absolutely yes. Yeah. And, it's, um, and that was kind of like the inspiration for this project where it's, it's this community of of foodies of people that like food and they like to talk about food and uh, so I love like bringing up controversial topics yeah. and uh, so we have a Facebook group and we have um, in person tertulias like food talks Yeah, I used to do them in Spanish but I'm taking a pause but, but yeah it's like one in Spanish one in English every month in cafes throughout the city and now we're starting a podcast nice yeah so so we talk about things like uh, food waste or the local food movement is local food always better in gender roles in the kitchen yeah or what it means to be uh rich or poor and like how diets differ depending on your social economic class yeah um things like that i like to describe it as kind of like ted talks but for food yeah things that make you think um so it's really cool i'm really proud of it i'm very happy with it and and people seem to love it as well like the messages i get afterwards are are really really nice and people seem to come, they people come back and they seem to really really like it and they learn a lot from it so so That's it's awesome. cool let's see where it goes yeah let's see where it goes thank you for for coming in and speaking with me today thank you yeah. Thanks again for listening. There are some great episodes coming your way soon. I'm crossing paths with multiple guests who have all started their own businesses in Madrid within the world of dance and ballet, brand and content strategy, and good old-fashioned hamburgers. As always, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get updated when the new episodes are available. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, CrossingPPod, and email CrossingPPodcast at gmail.com if you would like to personally get in touch. So for me and Novak the Mini Poodle, who you might hear in the background, we'll see you next time.